With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Yes! It's going to be one of those. Uh, pod 294. Wow. Oh, wow. No, yeah, crazy. It's 294 uh, minutes, isn't it, since we strung a pass together? Hey. <laughs> there we go. James Endicott's here. Hello. How are you? Very good, thank you. Yes. Oh. Very good, actually. Feeling, um, feeling cosy today. Good, okay. Uh, Jesse Boyce is back. How are you? Good. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. It's very nice. And returning, first pod of the season, Kevin Day. Yay. Hello there. Slightly. Baffled as to why we made a big fuss about not doing it in my flat in the house anymore, and then here we are in a studio that's the size of the TARDIS from the outside. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, in t- our thighs touching each other, in a that's kind of homoerotic. Is that what it is? That's yeah. why we're doing it. It's lovely to come back for Edinburgh just for this, in the same way that I came back just for the Everton game. Right. Uh, I'm rethinking my coming back strategy in future. Yeah, you might want to rethink <laughs> it. Um, okay, so in part one, we're going to talk about uh, the Sheffield United game on Sunday. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, we no. have to. Do we have to? Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, before we do that, I want to I want to shout out one of our patrons. So obviously, you know, we've got a patron supporting the uh, pod extra free mm-hmm. pod, but also the main pod as well. Uh, so shout out to Alex Harper. Hi, Hi Alex. Alex. Hi, Alex. Thanks for your support. You're doing a different shout-out to a patron yeah, every week? Yeah, it's a random patron each oh, week. that's nice. Yeah, mm. so we'll see like you Like walking again. through a, a park and you see a bench with a little plaque on it. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, exactly the same as yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, okay. So, Sheffield United on, on Sunday, not a great game at all. Mm. <sighs> as you can imagine, we've got loads of questions about it. Mm. Uh, so, I'll go to you, Kevin, with the first one. Mm. I think I know the answer to this anyway, but it's from Will Bren. Hi, Will. And he says, Sheffield United perfect or Palace atrocious? 
Oh, Sheffield United are far from perfect. Yeah. I, I would, even their own manager said that he would predict they would finish in the bottom six. Um, we were very, very, I was trying to watch it on a train home from Edinburgh on a dodgy, I nearly threw my phone out. <laughs> on the, uh, I just passed Berwick. I thought that's great. Just uh, just over the border and back to the harsh reality. It's too. <laughs> yeah. It's it's it, the nature of the tweets on, on after the game were not unexpected. It's too way too soon to panic, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's too soon to observe that yet again we've gone into a season with no progress, no strategy, mm-hmm. no improvement to the squad, and no ability to play the sort of creative progressive football that you need to win games so it's it's too early to panic but it's um the reality check has come a bit earlier than normal as well so it's we, it were, we were shocking that second half there's just no there's no reason for it i mean it's you can't understand it hodgson reverted to true hodgson form afterwards by immediately blaming the players yeah no hint that his tactics might have been as you can imagine we've got questions about that I'm later sure, on I'm sure and... we have, but it's just very it's just very disappointing because the the trouble is as well palace fans are a pessimistic bunch no reason to believe that we'll win at Old Trafford so we'll go into the Villa game and already it'll be a must-win game mm. agreed and that's yeah. we shouldn't even be jokingly talking about that after two games yeah um, James is it a newly promoted team first home game of the season yeah. it was it's always going to be difficult always, they're yeah. going to be up for it yeah, you know, yeah, good at home crowd, last yeah, season yeah, inexperienced referee hostile crowd yeah there were there were there were many two variances we should be using <laughs> but we're going to <laughs> um, so you know what on paper, obviously, it seemed like a winnable game, especially given our home our away form last season. But yep. was it actually always going to be a bit more difficult than that, regardless well, of how bad Palace were? I think it was. It was always going to be difficult, of course, when you're playing a newly promoted team, as you say, and you know going to Sheffield United at Bramble Lane. You know they they they're noisy, and they're very excited about being in the Premier League, mm. and 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 rightly so. You know, and they've got a great back st- story with their manager and everything. It's a great story, but I think what was really depressing for me, or really upsetting for me, was just the real. Just it was just so predictable. Yeah, it was. You know, we, we were sat here this time last week yep. talking about talking about the Everton game. We're talking about what are we expecting from the Sheffield game, and I just think it's just the real predictability of the whole thing just yep. got me. It's been the same the beginning of every season for as long as I can remember, and I just it's just I'm getting bored of talking yep. about the fact. Oh, we didn't fill this place. We haven't bought a striker. Mm. We, we're missing this, and mm. we're missing that. It's the same thing. We, we should all just walk around with a sheet of paper and just give it to people. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just give the sheet of paper. Because yeah, here you are. Just don't ask me any questions. Just read that, and I'll see you next week. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a little bit like that, and I just think, and and that's what I found really sort of quite upsetting. Yeah, it'd be a shorter it. podcast each week, wouldn't it? We were. To be <laughs> for, they must have been rubbing their hands with glee when they got the fixture list out, because we were perfect. For them, because we're the ideal test. You kind of think that's the sort of mm. team we need to beat, even despite our race. But, yeah, but, but, but they would have said that it will be a true test because they've got they're a good, solid Premier League team, and we were nothing of the sort. And the goal was just given away. We we know where the deficiencies are, and that's the frustrating thing. As James says, we all we've spent the whole season seeing each the whole summer seeing each other, bumping into each other, like every single Palace fan, identifying where the problems are, <laughs> and yet. Nobody at the club seems to have done the same thing. Mm. And the worst or, thing about that is, we, we can talk on the pod each week about the problems, but then you get a game like Sunday, and it shows categorically we, we, that's exactly that, where the problems, problems are. are. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like because I know we, we sort of speculate, so we're just fans. We don't always know the the workings and ins and outs for a club. But when you see a game like that on Sunday, you think, oh, actually, we're not far from the mark at all. Like it, everything we predicted would go wrong, 
did, did go, go wrong. Did go, yeah, Absolutely. but also it's a shame. So it's, it's brilliant that Jesse's here. I'm always pleased to see uh, Norwich City's manager <laughs> doing <laughs> the podcast. More of that later in the doing field. Doing the <laughs> but I, I would have been, sales would have been interesting because the one thing we always say, it wouldn't, I wouldn't mind so much if there was a, a, a word from the club mm. as to why the transfer targets weren't met or to why there's no strategy. Well, if they tell us, right, okay, we were in for Klein, but he got injured. And then we tried for this, that didn't work. We were in for these players, it didn't work. So at least give us some idea that you're trying behind the mm. scenes because otherwise it looks like you're not that bothered. That, and then the speculation starts because then it goes, well, the Americans want their money back. He hasn't got the money for the new stand. Whereas we had to, we, and then so the point of the speculation that depresses us more continues because nobody at the club gives us any indication of why. Why, why did they not sell so hard? Why, who was in for him? Yeah. What was the real story? Yeah. Well, we do, in turn, part two, we actually got some quotes from Dougie, uh, which have come out on a podcast recently. Great, I've uh, got some quotes uh, about him. About, <laughs> <laughs> about AWB, so we'll come on to that. But, but just on the game still, uh, Jesse, we watched it together, didn't we, in, yeah. uh, in Leicester Square. The goal in particular, there wasn't. There was about three different people at fault there. Yeah. Wardy got turned inside out. Guaita, who's normally good for us, palmed it right into the six-yard box. And Luca lost his man. So it's, it's collective. It's not even like we can pinpoint one thing. It's collective responsibility. And that seemed to be the theme for the whole game, didn't yeah. it? We were joking that the Sheffield United keeper looked like a pitch invader. Is it? Is that, <laughs> he, he might as well have been. Because he yeah. uh, <laughs> didn't get tested at all, did he? Yeah. But um, I think seven days ago, exactly sat in this seat. Uh, I think I remember saying I was cautious about the Everton result because it was a good second half performance. Yeah, yeah, no but I think what turned up was a misfiring Everton. Yeah. And that's what we needed to kind of get just get a clean sheet and a point on the board. Great as, as season starts go, great for us. But I think I was cautious because, for me, I think I said to somebody else, um, it's when we come up against a bolshy, newly promoted side or one of the top six that we'll find out a little bit more about where we're at. Mm. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I think I actually thought about it. The performance reminded me a lot of how we played against young boys in Bern. Honestly, it was, <laughs> what a weekend that was! It was just very lackluster. No, no connect, no connections between players. Mm. No communication. Gaeta coming out of his box. Uh, he had all these echoes of how he yeah. played against young boys. Yeah. Um, and I remember we got a lot of stick for the pod after that. Um, but there were a couple of things that were said that were still ring true. That we need a finisher, and we need to replace AWB. Um, and nothing. That's just proved to be true based on what we've seen on Sunday. A Huddersfield fan made an interesting point to me because it, it was quite similar. You remember we beat them 1-0 early in the season last mm. year, Huddersfield. Uh, it was a similar sort of thing. Raucous Yorkshire crowd. Zahar got a lot of stick from the crowd and from the from the defence. They were the better team, but we battled, fought well, got, got the win after a brilliant Zahar goal. None of that looked like happening yeah. on Sunday. And that's a really good point you made. It's like, uh, you've gone from a team that were able to scrap out an undeserved three points to a team that couldn't even get a nil-nil out of it. Because essentially, we are essentially better. It's one of those rare occasions when you look at the team sheet and go, yeah, we've got seven or eight players that yeah. would, would walk straight into the first yeah. team. So there's no So how have we no done that? Because we, apart from losing gone, AWB, that's the, it's the same team. So how well, well that's that's maybe the problem. That's that's the problem. Can't be, it can't purely be you lose one player and then you lose it's, all your fight not, and everything. It, well, well it, it can be because... The the players are clearly affected by, you know, the tactics are the same. That's again, that's a different discussion, and yeah, it's an unfortunate we'll the tactics are the same, and there's no evidence to say of changing the sort of progressive, uh, proactive football. But the players can't help but notice that, that we've, Aaron wasn't replaced. They can't help but notice that Wilf wanted to leave. You can't, you know, there was that brilliant little meme that went round before the Everton game of Wilf, of Danny the Kitman having to push Wilf. 
to warm up with the other players. So the play, it must rub off. So they, quite clearly, the atmosphere is not is not there amongst the players. And players or, that you could rely on last season in two games, both Luca and Maka were poor against mm. Everton in the whole game. So we kind of got a point despite those two not being out of string a pass together or win a tackle in midfield. So there's clearly, there's clearly something wrong. And the players know that we, as we do, that the same thing will probably happen last year. We'll scratch our way through till January and then we'll end up 14th or 15th and then we'll be here this time next season having exactly the same conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It just feels like a real exercise in treading water yeah. with minimal You can't do that for seven seasons. No. You can't tread water for seven seasons. Eventually you're going to get tired and go down yeah. it just looks like uh, a sort of sustained strategy to just stay up with minimal expense uh, until yeah. someone pumps the money into us that's what it looks like yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it looks like okay yeah, can so. we just before we sort of round up part one can we just on the game and we got a lot of criticism last week for being quite negative on the pod so I'm going to try James and just I'm going to try and throw some positivity in here okay. I know it doesn't feel like the right time okay. for it okay. but Jim Foster Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. has said to us what are the positives you can take from Sunday's game? But I will add, he's put a crying smiley, smiley face <laughs> at the end. So I guess the positive is the positive. The main positive is we only let one goal in. Mm. Right. <laughs> um, that's about it, really. I, th- I would. <laughs> okay. If I'd been on the pod last week, I would have been quite positive because I thought for the for the second hour against him, I thought for the first half an hour we looked like a newly promoted team. Again, we looked like the away team at home. But then I thought for the second hour, without really creating any chances, we looked. at every bit as good as Everton and I think the positive of this Bramwell Lane performance is that it has come so early mm-hmm. yeah. that it might actually come as a wake-up call and there's it, it, one thing I really don't understand is why Riedervald's not an option you've got a player there who's young he's fit he's two-footed because he's Dutch so I'm assuming that he's played at centre-back and full-back in the Champions League for Ajax and yet he can't get a sniff anywhere along the back four it, it, it just mystifies me and I can only assume it's because Roy would rather have Cahill on the bench than Riedervald or would rather pick the tried and trusted mm. than try an option. He's only 22 still. We need The back four's got to change. That's well, certainly after yeah. PVA's performance on Sunday, you might think it might be an option. Can yeah. I just round off then part one, Jesse, just a word on Benteke because when we were watching the game, for, and again, first half, Benteke looked quite good, we thought. He was holding the ball up, winning free kicks. Second half, he wasn't in the game because Palace weren't in the game either. But do we see anything from Benteke makes you think... Might even be creeping back to that kind of form that when we first signed him. Well, you can't help but be entirely sceptical mm. about the fact he is our lone ranger up front because we've got rid of Sorlot and there's a there's a, a vacancy. It's, there's not even an alternative to like we had last year for him. He's now scoring goals. It doesn't matter what level Lee's at, he's scoring at least. Yeah. Um, True, yeah. But I, I said to, to, to you guys yesterday, um, the Norwich striker has scored more goals this season mm. than Benteke scored in the last two years. Mm. Mm. Oh, my pookie. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's like... Okay, how very, from, very, very from Finland for a couple of million quid. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, we spoke last week, you know, in our pre-match preview about how we knew Zaha was going to be the boo boy. Yeah. yeah. And we thought that would bring the best out yeah, of him. Yeah, but it didn't. And we, you know, we sort of echoes to... Um, Playing Huddersfield last year, and we got one yeah. 0 Our first away win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when any silenced the fans, yeah. right? We were hoping for that, yeah. but you know, we didn't. We didn't get anywhere near that sort of level. So, frustration in every possible sense at the moment. I think if you're looking for positives, I think there. <laughs> for me, there is the fact we still have Sacco to come back because we missed him at the back end of last season. Yeah, and he is the leader we are missing right yeah. now on the pitch. The whole thing about that nonsense about uh, some sort of crisis crunch meeting 
the day before the season started yeah. about Sacco. It Which was is rubbish, it, wasn't it? was nonsense, but you could believe it yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Sacco <laughs> is a leader. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's why Neil Ashton must have sucked yeah. it in. Because <laughs> yeah. we know that that is a huge miss at the back. He can play it out from the back. Yeah. He even gave Will the assist when we beat Chelsea to get our season going yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like, we are missing that drive coming from the back. Where's Camarasa? Well, yeah. he, apparently he was available and mm. was just not on the bench. But apparently played quite well for the under-23s last week. I, I have to say, on the Benteke thing, the Everson game, my perception was that he was, as you say, inching his way back towards form. But then the stats showed afterwards that him and Ayu touched the ball twice in the <laughs> penalty area between them. Yeah, And it's like watching the game back again, you notice that, and I didn't notice it watching it live, but you watch it on screen, all Benteke's work was done around the halfway line. Or as at the, right. the at the most, yeah. in like a third into their into their half. So if he was doing all that hold up play on the edge of their eighteen yard box, yeah. fine. But he's nowhere near it. But he is he is doing it. His control is. Okay, it's damning with faint praise. Yeah. His control <laughs> yeah. of his effort. Is, but the, the stats. But at least there's that. Yeah. At least there's that. Yeah. At least so, and also, that. I think so. Like John Curran's great pains to point out all, all three of Solak's goals are from headers from crosses. Right, and we got a question about crosses yeah. later, actually, which is, which is very, very valid, actually. But let, let, let's crack on to part two, uh, where we're talking about Kevin's favourite subject, Dougie Friedman. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Uh, welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Hey. 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 Okay, so. Um, th- there's some comments came out this week. In fact, we've got a question from Rob Dobbing. Hi, Rob. Who says, Hi, Rob. what does the pod make of Dougie's comments, Ari, not spending in the summer as targets were overpriced? I'm going to read out some, uh, some of the quotes. They're from the Balance podcast, which is hosted by Palace fan and comedian James Skill. Yes, I saw him yesterday. Very nice guy. Um, and yes, we on disagreed that, about Dougie. <laughs> good. And I think this was recorded in the summer, I think, before the window closed. But he said, it's the first time, this is Dougie saying this, it's the first time we've been in this position. It's very difficult. Every Palace fan out there, of course, they want us to sign some players, and I get that, but we also want to be responsible. In the past, under certain sorts of leaderships, it has not been responsible with signings and has left the club in difficult moments. I've been involved in them over the years, and I don't want that to happen. Signings are going to be shrewd, wise, and we're going to wait for opportunities. And when they come, we'll be as good as anybody in the ring. We have to be patient. Yeah. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, remember that irresponsible two weeks when we bought Sacco and Milivojevic and Schlupp and Van Arnholt? Yeah. Uh, that was a, what a shocking, profligate waste of money that was. <laughs> that two weeks when Allardyce came in and somehow managed to identify four decent Premier League players that went straight into the team. So I can't, I still can't live that down. That's why we're, sh- that's why we're struggling to buy a new stand now because of the money we wasted <laughs> on four players that have kept us up for three seasons. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. 
But that does not have any point, no. James. That, that people no. will see us with the fifty million and, and, and we're inflate not, no, price. No, every, everybody, no we're in the same market as every Premier League club. It's not. It's, it's just it's, a lazy it's, excuse. Of course it is. It's JD, not. It's lazy. Not, it's not. It's not only us that are trying to buy players. And if we haven't got the money, do what Norwich do and identify players from around the world, other countries, different divisions, and try them out. Because there's, there's got to be a reason why they get Pookie and we get Solo. Yeah. There's got to be a reason. So I, you have to assume that their system is more efficient than our system. We had the 50 million quid from AWB. Yeah, you, see, you can say, oh, yeah, a club saw us coming, we had 50 million quid. Loads of play, teams sell players and have money. We're in the same market as 19 other teams. Simple as that. Eight, take Chelsea out, they're not even in the market. So we're in the yeah. same market as 18 other teams. Where's the loan signing? Where's, where's, the, yeah, where's the imagination? Where's the intelligence? Where's the... Get back sure who's not started for Chelsea this season. Why isn't he at Sellers Park when he was clearly implying that he thought he was coming back? Yeah. Where's the where's the point of going to Russia two days before the, the, the end of the window and making two bids that were quite clearly not enough for a decent player? Why is all that happening? You know, Man United by AWB almost the day the season finishes. We've we've got the whole summer. We don't replace him. It's just not. It's, it's no excuse saying well we we need to be responsible because getting relegated is not responsible. When was the last time we made a decent signing? <laughs> well, 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 I'll refer you back to that window. Maya, potentially? Could be. Potentially, well, potentially yeah, but, but, three, but yeah. you talk about responsibility. Maya's on eye-wateringly high wages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. keeper. But the keep, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, well, the one who gave the goal away on yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Well, it wasn't yeah. Been, I mean, he has been good. Yeah, no, fault, yeah. yeah, and we have, he has been good. Yeah, but it's funny, isn't it? Because it's Dougie Friedman, who back in 2012... I'm assuming was manager, so you'd assume would have a hand in signing Damien Delaney. Was he manager when Milo Jednak turned up? Yannick Balassi, you know. So, so was, that be- was that before or after he walked out in the club in the morning of a big match? Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm talking about when he's, you know, when he's still there. That's it's just, that, that's, it's that's, just that's a lack fair, of imagination. It's a lack of imagination, which Kev uh, rightly said. It's just, it's just a lack of any movement going on within the club, within the playing yeah. playing structure. There's yeah. nothing. There's nothing to show that things are moving around and happening, and we're looking at players. You know, we we get rid of AWB. We'd, the the club would have known before he signed on mm. the dotted line that he was going. Yep. Point something out before then. Yep. You just you 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 know he's going. If it was a week or two weeks before he went, they knew he was going, and I'm sure there's been talk about him going to Man United probably for weeks and weeks and weeks before he went. And just there's the other things. Just keep looking around. Be be creative. Go to Lowly's. Go to yeah. Finland. Go to wherever you flip him on. Just do something. Don't just do it to appease the fans. Don't just do it to make yourself look good. Do it. You're you're a footballer, Dougie. You you're in the game. You're in this game. You've been in it for years. You know how it works. It's pretty simple. It's not rocket science. Char- yeah, just Ch- do it. Charlie Austin goes to West Brom. Where would the risk be in mm. offering Charlie Austin a year's contract? Like yeah. Kevin Phillips, a known proven goal scorer. How does Welbeck end up going to Watford? Where's Sturridge? Well, why aren't we in for these these, these one-offs out of contract free transfer? We we don't. There seems to be a reason why either we're not interested or they're not interested in us. And either way, there's a problem. Jay Rodriguez is one that came out last week, wasn't he? Yeah, Rodriguez and the Jimenez Richarlisons we've talked about. Yeah. Watford just plucked Richarlison out of a small league and now yeah. he's in the Brazil first team. Yeah. Right, it's it's because the right people are in place in those clubs. I think there's a big difference. Like Dougie doesn't do all his own stunts. Like he did get a few hand, a few helping hands to identify. I think Balassi um, and the like. But there's a difference between uh, sort of wheeling and dealing at the bottom end of the championship and the big league. Mm-hmm. Like this, and I, Dougie's way out of his, de- of his depth. I mean, evidently, 
because yeah. who is coming in, who isn't? It's just it's so painfully um, kind of clear, just based on what other clubs are doing. So we don't need to know exactly what's going on behind the scenes at ours. We just need to look at what our competition is doing. Well, this is the thing. Aren't there? Other clubs at our level are making shrewd and yeah. not even shrewd. They're spending money mm. on players because the market is overinflated now. Well, it is overinflated. Of course it is. And people know we've got 50 million for AWB. So, of course, any signing is going to be overpriced. But you know, as Kev said, every club's in the same position. It is, it isn't, it's not like it's weighted against us. Mm. You know, we're, we're, we're a... We've been in the Premier League for seven years now. It's not like we're like a, for a player. It's not like mm, I'm not sure if it's going to stay, you know. But now it's looking like, well, do I, do I really want to go there? Because mm. they, they, they obviously don't know what they're doing. Yeah, that that club looks out of sorts. Any club in London should have an automatic advantage. Yeah, because that's what everyone tells you that they're always more attractive. Probably because foreign players want to come to London and live. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's straightforward fact. That doesn't seem to work for us. You know, in the, it seems that Watford, who are a club at almost exactly our level, are able to attract people and find people in a way that we simply aren't. Well, to be fair, living out in Buckinghamshire, Harfordshire, it's very nice. I can take that from experience. Yeah. And there's two aspects to this. There's identifying the signings and getting them on the dotted line, getting them over the line. But there's also the date at which that's done by. Yeah. And we really need to move on from this end of window trolley dash because yeah. we, what, this this stat was was um, well the co- the commentator I can't remember who it was but they said we'd won one in eleven August games because mm. we've come, Whoa, we've come really? up wow yeah because no one's got the chance to bed in yeah. and we also know up front where Benteke is completely out of sorts we knew that going into the season for two or three years um, we've got rid of Sorlot so we've one option less. Wilf, who in my opinion is still a winger who's yeah. playing as a front man, has had one season, one week of pre-season mm. because of his AFCON exploits and he's one to weigh. Like We're going into the season so blunt up front mm. against uh, Sheffield United who played their first Premier League game for 12 years and are completely frothing at the mouth to, to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's no surprise at what happened. And That's could... a really interesting point about August because it went virtually unnoticed but Hodgson... About four weeks before the start of the season, was doing one of the interminable Sky things, and he said, "Well, I'm not expecting any business yet because it's this club's history and strategy to do their business as late as possible." So that clearly implies that that is the way we go about it's things. It's actually intentional. So yeah, intentional. I mean, and I know you remember Steve Parrish was on the pod a couple of years back saying the chances are that a player that we get is our fourth choice and we haven't been able to get the third, which is not an encouraging sign. No, but stop. I'm sure it happens to a lot of clubs. Yeah, but he said that's why so much of our business is, is, is done late on. But to hear Roy imply that that is our strategy is slightly disappointing because I prefer the Man United way when they've always, from the days since Ferguson came in, identify their targets and sign them as soon as the season, the season finishes. It is quite telling as well that Roy, yeah. at the end of last season and you know this season, has a been talking about Doug Freeman uh, as he calls him uh, uh, quite regularly. It's quite telling, I think. That, that well, he's, he's, clearly, he's clearly implying <laughs> that. Which you know that Freeman would hate. Yeah, of yeah. course. No, well, I know that's one of the reasons I like Roy more and more, obviously. <laughs> but, it's, um, but Roy's clearly, he's also, he's not implying, he's stated out loud that he's he's not, he has no say in the transfer strategy. He has no, he doesn't even get to identify the positions that he needs players in. Yeah, and, and can I just just round off FFP? Is that a reason we might we hear this comes up a lot, doesn't it? But it, it comes up a lot with Streety, and it comes a lot with Selzy, but without anybody telling us how it's affecting us more than it's affecting any other. It club. only seems to apply to us in the whole Premier League. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one, it's like you can expect two goals. And no one's fully 
they've, they've tried, but no one's fully explained why that's important. No. And the FFP, come on, thing to go with this. Yeah, is but the FFP, it's not. It's not. It's, all, it's as important. But the FFP thing, <laughs> no one's explained why it's only us that seems to be affected by it, mm. because it comes back to my point that the club don't explain to us why that might be a reason. If Paris was to turn around and say, "Look, I'm really sorry about this. We've got this hangover from three, four, five seasons ago." We've got to live within it, and he's, he's, this is the, the ratio. And we might go, okay, yeah. it's a shame that happened, but we understand. And we'll that. work towards that but, in but certain amount of years or whatever. Let us know, and it will take someone to sting out the moaning. But otherwise, we just assume that it's because we're incompetent and incapable of signing players. Right. Well, yeah, let's leave it on that. <laughs> uh, uh, it's good to tell you about Kev. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I wish I was still in Edinburgh. <laughs> right. Uh, join us after this short break. Welcome back to the Fiber Pan Podcast. And for this season, we're in partnership with The Athletic. Oh, yeah. Second pod with them on board. They've launched in the UK and they've signed a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. They're a subscription-based website and app, and they are completely ad-free. No adverts, no annoying pop-ups, just brilliant articles. (laughs) 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 Welcome to the new home of football writing, Kevin Day. Right, and for each of these podcasts, we're going to uh, use one of their articles as a jumping off point for discussion. Uh, And this one is called Bluntness at Blades Points to a Palace Problem of Their Own Making by Matt Woosnam. I'm going to read you a paragraph and then we're going to discuss it. Uh, He says, the problem becomes how to accommodate a player, talking about Wilf, who doesn't truly fit the system, but who is nevertheless the most likely to win you games when he does play. The system needs to fit around him, and currently it seems the compromise is to play him as a second striker off a target man. That's not getting the best out of Zaha. But if an alternative is being more open, it's more likely to concede goals than it is perhaps the way it has has to be. Hodgson, however, is no risk taker. Where, Where do we go with the Zaha thing, Kevin? I think Jesse put it absolutely correctly earlier when Wilf is a wide player. He's at his best as a winger. He's never been happy when he's played off a striker. He's not anywhere near defensively minded enough to do a job behind a striker as well. He's not one of those extra strikers that will drop back into midfield. That's one of the reasons Roy was quite open about the fact that Man City, Liverpool wouldn't be interested in him because he's not prepared to do that sort of stuff. I think we have to ask ourselves why seven seasons into the Premier League we're still so reliant on one player. And you start, I think it's too early to say he's sulking because I think Jesse's absolutely right about the fitness issue as well. I think in an ideal world, Roy wouldn't have had him on the bench against Everton, but I think they wanted to sort of symbolically display him. Yeah. But he's clearly not back to fitness, but it's, we will never know the ins and outs of the Zaha saga. And I suspect a lot of it is more to do with his agent than Wilf himself. But if he's going to carry on like this, then we need to offload him. It's simply no point. And I didn't think I'd ever find myself saying this about Wilf because obviously I was so relieved. Yeah. And actually realised that on transfer deadline day, I was actually quite anxious about leaving. I was sort of that stage fright feeling in my stomach in case he, he went. But now I'm starting to wonder whether perhaps it would have been better all around if we, if we did let him move on. Because that would enable us to fund, you hope. <laughs> yeah, but would it have done? But this is the problem. But that's the thing. Well, exactly. You know, would we would have used the money for that? I know, but it's... It, yeah, it, 
it's almost that, I mean, that's a really good article. I've read the whole article and there is some brilliant writing in there. They've got some great Palestine journalists, but it's, it's almost it's like Wilf did brilliantly last season, despite of our system and mm. tactics rather than be, because of them, because he was individually good enough to, to break the shackles. But, oh, but this is the thing we keep coming back to, don't yeah. we? When Wilf's mm. on it, it almost doesn't matter where he plays. Yeah, he can win yeah, game. Yeah. But Matt is right. It, it, he doesn't fit into Roy's system. So it's either mm. you go Roy's way or you go Wilf's way. And at the moment, James, it seems like there's no kind of compromise. Yeah, but the uh, the only way we're going to win matches is by accommodating Wilf in yep. the way that he's best. So fortunately, yep. I don't want to go against Roy, but you know, you've got to you've got to play look for all, all the arguments about Wilf and whether he should be here or not and all this, he's our best player, yep. full stop. We have to play him in his best position, mm. full stop. Yep. Otherwise we're not going to win any game. Which is on the wing. In a, in a what three up front? Yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah, and him and Andros keep switching as they do and confusing players, getting down the wings. Mm. Of course, the the modern ways he's got to have the defensive qualities. Unfortunately, behind him he's got yeah. he's got a clown behind him at yeah, the moment, yeah, yeah. which is you know makes it even worse. You Wait, know, hang so... on, which one? <laughs> <laughs> Wardy or PVA? No, PVA. Well, oh, PVA. PVA. Yeah. PVA. On, on the left. Poor old Wardy. Sorry, Wardy. There's so much conjecture about. Wolf's the f- oh, Wolf's the forward now, apparently, mm. just because Roy's put him there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's as simple as that. At the same time, I don't think it's as simple as he is an out-and-out winger like John Salako was. He is capable of uh, offering more than the likes of John Salako ever did. But he's clearly like a, a wide uh, player in a front three, okay? Yeah. Maybe not like a 4-4-2 that we, were used to, we had with Smith back in the 80s and 90s. He's clearly like uh, a left-sided or right-sided um, on a fork of three. And... Since when, in this current role, is Zaha receiving the ball with his back to goal any good, right? Because then he ends up laying it off yeah, to Maya. Yeah, it should yeah. be the other way around. Yeah. Somebody else <laughs> yeah, should yeah. be holding, should be laying. He is the danger man. He is yeah. the outlet. If you look at Jednak and how good he was, his brief was put the ball in, into the feet of Zaha and Balassi yeah. and go and cause absolute chaos and damage. The other team ends up doubling up on both of them, creating so many gaps for Glen Murray to score yeah. goals after goal. So I don't think we should lose sight of how natural it was for him for 200 games mm. to play like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, just, I just think suddenly, because Roy's decided he's a striker, it doesn't mean he's an out-and-out striker. His finishing isn't good enough yeah. for us to rely on it. He's never scored more than 10 goals. And that last year, last week when we talked about here, for, in my view, his most successful overall season was under Allardyce. Because Allardyce knew where his strengths were. Okay, he played him up, uh, maybe to confuse Chelsea, he played him up front with Benteke and we beat them that day. But, He's he's he scored something like eight goals or seven goals and got nine assists or something like that, and his shots per uh, goal were so short, small because he's been playing. You can see that, and that's a key stat for me that year. His shots per goal were so sh- small because he was offering more in his natural position, mm. assisting. So his balance was right that season, mm. and I feel like we can't ignore how he was from the age of eighteen to twenty three, twenty four. But also, you look at last season and it's strange because getting fouled for a penalty doesn't count as an assist which seems an odd oh it should do anomaly it definitely should but do. if you look at the goals and, and I, I haven't got any figures for this this is instinctive but just thinking about it now like the Cardiff game for example when he and Andros scored the goals that Andros and Wilf scored and the penalties we got were when Wilf and Andros came in from the wings into the edge of the box into mm-hmm. the flanks and caused chaos and they got fouled or we got shots from the edge of the box so which indicates that he gets goals better, as Jesse says, from a wide position than he does 
running out as a striker. And we did several times last season where we said exactly the same thing. It's a waste of time having him, get him receiving the ball with his back to goal. But should, should so a player... Much easy, it's so much easier to mark in those circumstances. But the, the, the other downside to that, as we do talk about them being wingers, Benteke would probably... If Benteke was here now, and I'm sure he's a lovely fellow by all accounts, he would have a go at Dougie because he's a lovely fellow as well. But, you know, <laughs> but Benteke would say, yeah, it's fine, it's fine to talk about Wilf as a winger, but how many crosses have I had yeah, which is in, fair. Front of, in front yeah, of me well. to, to get onto? And Solot would probably say... Finally, I'm getting some crosses to get onto because that's the, that's yeah. Benteke's strength. We so know Benteke, I can't believe him in the first. But we know Benteke, well, exactly. But we know Benteke scores. He's not that sort of centre forward that Mayer or Camarasso can play in yeah. with his shoulder to the goal and turns beats two players. He's a centre forward who needs the ball in the air ahead of him, and when he's got that, he can score really good headed goals. We he saw, clearly thrives from. But, but yeah. he's, he, he, that's why I think it's always a little bit unfair to criticise Benteke so harshly because, like Zahar, he's not being used in the way that. He should be. He should be. Just lastly on Zaha, just one thing. If he should a player who's on 140 grand a week reportedly and worth 100 million pounds to us be able to play up front? Should we not be saying you are so good? I know we're not saying you're a winger, not a striker, but shouldn't you really? It's like players having a weaker foot. No, no professional players have a weaker foot. Shouldn't you be able to play up front? I agree with that, but no. But the logic to that is, why isn't he? He should play right back then. If you. <laughs> Because there is a massive difference. It's like you talk about you hear Gary Neville, there, but, but you hear Gary remember. Neville talk all the time about centre backs. Some left-sided centre backs can't play right-sided centre back. Yeah. It's, it's enough. You know, left backs can't play right back. These are specialist positions, and and it's the same with with Wilf. He's he's been a left winger all his life, and he's a brilliant left winger all his life. So why does that? You naturally assume, of course, he he should be able to. And if he was playing at our level, he'd be scoring a hundred goals. A game, but it's, it's not. It's our not level. Well, you know what I mean. But it's not as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. I love my level. If he was scoring against other middle-aged men, he could play anywhere. But it's not. It's not as simple as that, James. No, it's, it's not. not, yeah, it's, not okay. yeah, 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 it's like James is a music producer. It's like you know, James, brilliant jazz. Just, you know, like, and then Sam would go and produce Beethoven's Fifth. It's, it's yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, he could do it. But I would be, love that. <laughs> <laughs> I think so that needs I. to happen. We're we not going to. We 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 can't perpetuate this myth that. Uh, Wilf is some sort of kind of follow the career path of Thierry Henry. Yeah. Where he starts out as a winger yeah, yeah, yeah. and bulks up a bit yeah. and suddenly he's going to score worldies week after week uh, and and be the Premier League's top scorer. Until he does that, he's not a striker. Yeah. And the same, go- the same goes for Ronaldo, right? He starts out on the wing, bulks up, becomes a striker, but does the job. Yeah. Wilf is not going to offer us more than 10 goals a season. So, and in any side. Okay. Right, well, look, you can read that article. Bluntness at the Blades points to a Palace problem they're making by Matt Wisdom. At The Athletic, sign up now. When you sign up, you don't just get Palace content or Premier League content. You'll just get the European stuff and, of course, access to a complete football content library, which includes US sport content. So if you're into your baseball or your whatever else they play over there, go for, go for that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP to start a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription, which would just be £2.50 a month, which is a bargain. Right. After the break, we got questions from our listeners. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. 
Welcome back to the Flavio Plan Podcast. Hey! On 294. Wow. Right, are you ready for some questions from our lovely listeners? Yeah. Yes, of course we are. Nick Amor. Hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. What a name. Says, um, <laughs> is the corner never ending? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I put that in there. And then P- PC Wires says, should we have turned that corner we went straight at? <laughs> Which is quite <laughs> apt, I think, <laughs> <the> <laughs> To the season. Uh, Leif Anderson's forehead. Hi, Leif. <laughs> That's a good name. Is this one of the worst Palace performances since getting promoted back to the Prem? Only Sunderland beats it, the old 4-0 defeat at home. Well, I think we're pretty bad away at Brighton last year. Yeah. Weren't we? <laughs> yeah. It's up there, isn't it? It's, one of the... it's up there, yeah. It's up there. Yeah, I, I think as well, given the context, as you said earlier, the expectations of our away form, and it's, it's the timidity of it all that's worrying. It's that, yeah. Especially that second half, because the first yeah. half was was all right, and then you think, okay, right, second half will come out, and when they yeah. were just, and it's really that's where you they do... came out though, didn't they? they? That's yeah, what yeah. yeah, they came out. Yeah. They thought, hang on a second, but surely they were going to smash yeah. this up. But that's where you miss a Delaney or a Jedinek or just somebody just in the dressing room. Just well, not in that, but just somebody who's going to bollock them in the dressing room yeah. and say this yeah. is not good enough, and just shake a couple of people. Yeah. Yeah. Got. And that was, I mean, the unfortunate, you know, Wilf and Luca arguing on the pitch kind of just didn't look good. No, you know. I'm sure that, yeah. So it shows, shows a bit of passion, isn't it? No, it doesn't. It shows a bit of unhappiness. Really, Speaking you know. of Luca, then, Steve Zaha Ellis. Hi, Steve. <laughs> every week. Hi, Steve. He gets one every week just for that name. <laughs> Says, um, does anyone think that Luca's corners and set pieces have been poor? They were not good on Sunday, were they? It's been an issue for well, seasons. seasons. I don't understand why. Andros has got to take ones on the other side to, for, for interviewing. Luca takes them all, and they're. There's no discernible reason why he, why he does. It's it is no. And he also finds it very hard to get past the first man a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Which I just there's, don't there's understand. No, I mean, like, that free kick in the first half. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's just no there's no it. variety in them. There's no. I I don't know whether it's because he's insisted on it, but it's it's ludicrous. It's so easy to defend when the other team knows exactly who's going to be taking every set piece. Yeah, we were told. Well, I say we were told. One of the things lines that came out when Camarasa signed was that Camarasa is a very good. Set piece delivery yeah. apparently it was good for Cardiff well, last well let's season. see when he's not I mean I mean, the kid can't even get on the bench I, mean, you know I, mean? I don't know what's going on there that's, uh, that's the one thing when I saw the team it's like you think oh great he's injured already but yeah. it's, it's, if he's just not figuring that's doesn't make any sense I mean no, you'd think wouldn't you after Sunday that, that if he is fit he must have a very good chance of starting because well, you'd think it, before Sunday, surely he would have a good chance. But again, it comes back to the fact that nobody says to us, "Oh, Camarasa got a knock in training," or nobody. You know what? Are you, you know, apparently, he was he was fit and available. On a very slight aside, you know, the the club are very good at texting me, telling me that some first team player is going to be in a, in a shoe shop on Carnaby Street this afternoon. Yeah. They're very good at telling me. They're very good at sending me an an, an email so I can watch the highlights of the Sheffield United game. They're very good at telling me all that. They're not going to tell me where all this money's going and why we're not signing the right players, are they? Do you know what I mean? Whoever's in charge of the, of the flipping communications over there, he's got, he's, he's good at one thing, but mm, you know what? I don't really care about going to a shoe shop to go and look at the, flipping the, somebody the, trying on a pair of shoes. The I'm best thing about that is that as we arrived, James said that the <laughs> players are in the shoe shop in Carnival Street. 
We are 200 yards away from that shoe shop in yeah. the studio. Are we going to go? Us, and all of us went. Nah. nah. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You, could, right, you could go and check on Cam Russell's fitness. It could be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you can't get a size nine on him. That's, 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 <laughs> that's the issue. Is it, it's just, why are they doing... Why, why they, you know, I mean, well, they have a certain amount of things they have to do, don't it, they? It, 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 it is a real lack of communication, isn't it? And I think Kev alluded to it in the first part. And it is something... And we're all here frustrated and you read on... Twitter and you read on Facebook and all these players, all these Palace fans we meet, and we're all this, this that, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. Just needs a little bit of communication from the club, just to calm us all down because yeah, we're, we're, we're all going a little bit crazy here. Yeah. We're all going to be. It's all stuff we thought was going to happen, but it is, and we're, we're two games in. We've got another thirty-eight to go, or whatever. 30, oh God, Well, maybe Steve know. Parrish is working on the basis. If we all know it's going to happen, there's no point in telling us. Mm. Uh, obviously all the tweets you get say we knew this was bloody up and what was it fair enough you know already then so I'm not going to tell you but I think the only reason the players are at the shoe shop because it's almost next to Steve Parrish's office yeah. I think you left his phone at Sellhurst <laughs> I think essentially he said we can't, I can't just get a Premier League player up to bring my phone up so they just tell him they're doing a signing in a shoe shop what do, you, what do we do watch him try shoes on or? it's crazy I'll be really interested to see how many people don't go. They got all the, about 25,000, I'd be saying, they're not yeah. going. But they, yeah. they get all their trainers and boots for nothing. So what, there's going to be three confused players on the edge of the first team. Yeah, going, all right, listen, well, look, on, anyway, on, on that communication... Max Mayer <laughs> knocking on the window trying to get people's attention. <laughs> go in, child, get back to school. <laughs> well, Max Mayer just standing on the left of the room for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Max, move more central. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so... On that on that kind of communication slash kind of craziness of fans, Patrick Stevens said Watford fans calling for their manager's head already. Blimey. While Palace fans can train, complain we are not Watford, does the Premier League hype send most fans crazy in the end? And on a similar vein, a good, Connor Crick yeah, hi, Connor. says... Oh, no, that's a different question. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jack Evans hi, Jack. Oh, hi, Jack. says uh, it's Palace. No one should be surprised. The negativity, negativity is going to rub off on the players, especially when we're playing at Sellers. Don't you think we should all stop moaning and get behind the team and players we have? Uh, oh, I don't think there's any issue with us. There was a big Palace turnout. On, again, one of those bizarre Twitter rumours said, oh, here we've only sold 300 for Sheffield United. No, it's 700. Well, that's not good enough. And so we just packed out the whole, yeah, end. Yeah, the whole end. Huge packed out end yeah. that got behind the team. For as long as it looked like we might be making an effort, and then start, it's like there's only so much we can do as, yeah. as fans. But Patrick's point is both valid points, but Patrick's point is 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 a fair one. You know, Watford had the best season for a long time last mm. year. Cup final, cup final, knocking on the door of Europe, and after two results there, I mean, Huddersfield sacked their manager after two results. Yeah. I think that there is the, the, the Huddersfield not in the Premier League, obviously, but yeah. the Premier League mania driven by Sky and BT Sport does kind of grip us to an extent and yeah. make us irrational and mm. illogical. But it's the hype, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, it's the hype and it and is absolutely course. ridiculous, but that's what that's what people... It's it's entertainment. Yeah. It's purely entertainment because it's TV companies driving this yeah. and they want entertainment. And this is the reason why people like us are doing podcasts all over the country. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all getting heads up about the fact we didn't score at Sheffield yeah. United. You know, it's, that, that's the, you know, if you're looking at it from the outside point of view, it's just an entertainment industry. Yeah. And, and that's what it is now. We've got to accept that. But at the same time, we still need to find a right back. We still need to find yeah, a centre yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Otherwise, we're not going to entertain anybody. Yeah, and I'm pr- I'm pretty sure I don't. 
I don't listen to talk sport unless I'm on it, but I'm pretty sure that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Jim White yesterday morning would have been saying bad weekend for Palace Palace yeah. fans, let us know what you think. Is it time for Hodgson to go? So that yeah, that fuels course. it that fuels fuel it all as well. And that's know. just the nature of the beast, you know. And fair yeah. enough, let me get on with it. I'm absolutely fine about it. I'm absolutely fine about people on the BBS going mad, not that yeah. I ever read it. And we get Twitter and you read on Twitter and it's just like it, it literally was. I was reading my Twitter feed on Sunday after the game <laughs> and you'd have think you'd have think it was the end of the world. You would have thought that Boris Johnson and flipping <laughs> Donald Trump were wearing palace shirts. Do you know what I mean? Oh it was that bad. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but at the same time, I understand it. If that happens, I understand by the way, it. the podcast. I, I, think for, I think for balance, we should point out there are some listeners who would be very pleased to see well, Donald yes, Trump and Boris no. before we get the tweets going. No, I don't know. Whatever, I don't really care. Ramoning palace fans. What had a terrible end to the season. I think they, I think they won hardly they any games. Yeah. They obviously had the, the amazing FA Cup semi and then went out, you know, with a real damp squib in that final. But I think there's a lot of discontent with their fans. With some of the areas, they've still got Mariapa playing for them, right? Yeah, that's uh, true. In their squad. So I think anyone that's, that wishes that we were a bit more Watford-like is just the urgency they've shown. Players like Della Foyou, we've we don't sign players like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's yeah, where yeah. they've done well. And, and to your point earlier about Welbeck, they've taken that, that risk, even though he's probably injury-prone. I think Watford fans are also upset about the liberties they the club take with their kit. Season yeah, after this season. season's kit's awful. Was that? But that kind of it's 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 things like that that kind of play into you know that's that's that five percent negativity from fans go because I would hate it if the Palace kit was radically changed like that. Well, we did have that every, half and half. I know, but every season, season it's changed. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of go well. It's at least have a kit that's as slightly different to last season, so I don't have to buy the new one. At least we so are back so to many, stripes. Yeah, but so many people, Watford fans, will feel pressured to buy the the yeah, brand new kit, and they, you can't even turn up at games. And go, well, why? Why have done, you know, so all these things play into a narrative for every. Okay, basically. Well, one more question. Would you like a question about <laughs> pa- Palace in general compared to other clubs in our position, no, or that. Roy Hodgson compared to Alan Pardew? Oh, oh we'll go for that one. <laughs> they've, they've played, they've managed the same amount of games, not near on, haven't they? Yeah, so Red Star, Hi, Red Star. says, in Hi. three games' time, Roy will have managed the same amount of games as Pardew. Pardew will have a better win rate and more games won than Roy, even if Roy wins the next three games. Wow. Are we going to move forward under Roy, or are we happy sitting in the Premier League for as long as we can? And just tagged onto that, James says, if results continue like this, how long before Roy gets the boot? Well, it's only one defeat. I don't. I don't think, I think we've said this all along when we bear in mind our terrible start last season. Yeah. We beat Fulham and then only got one point in the next eight, I think. And then mm. after the Huddersfield game, we only won three of the next 13. I think we all said then, I think Roy will be allowed to resign. I don't think Roy will get us out. I don't think no. Steve Parrish would want to be the man mm. who ends Roy Hodgson's mm. career. And Roy Hodgson strikes me as somebody who would resign rather than. Yeah. It, I don't want Roy to, to to leave. At the same time, I wouldn't be desperately unhappy were it to it's happen. Happened. To be perfectly honest, um, you know, the there, there is that thing. <laughs> but there is that thing, isn't there? Oh, the Pardew thing. Pardew. No, so I, no, I'm, 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 I'm I am genuinely surprised by that stat. But I think that's mm. sort of coloured by dancing on the touchline and other general, you know, it's mean, about personality. It's about personality. Yeah, yeah. It, that's that's. Really interesting. I, th- I think it's also coloured by the disastrous run of results we had before Pardew was sacked. But that's not that's not brilliant, is it? That's not no. fantastic. But it, 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 it also that proves that idea. it also proves that football is a game about emotions, you know, and it's you yeah. know as much as it is about results. 
led and you know, us as fans are as much driven by Im- our, our emotional state as we are what's happening on the pitch. Yeah, and I just sense. think the uh, general feeling around the club is just doesn't feel great at yeah. the moment. I think the, 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 the argument about just sit, keeping our place in the Premier League is a is a valid one because Roy, Roy went through most of last season saying, well, we had a really difficult start last season because mm. we lost all those games, yeah. some of which you love. So, but he has had a season three quarters. Now we're into his third mm. season, so he's had plenty of time to put things in place, and he's still as cautious. And I mean, that's the dis- distressing thing again. With the, and it's the same with the Sheffield United game. We wait for something to happen. We and even when we won the, the away games last year, we tend to. That's how we play. We sit back mm. and wait yeah. for a mistake. We don't impose ourselves onto it. We don't look like the sort of team that will ever be like that under Roy. But we keep staying in the Premier League. And I so mean, it's exactly. working. It was quite interesting to see he'd made all three subs with still with ten minutes left yeah. because that is, I think, as Mike said, pretty adventurous for Roy yeah. to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to do that. But he is he's a safe pair of hands, Roy, and yeah. he's proved himself at being able to take an average squad yeah. and make it over achieve. Yeah. So the, in sacking him or moving him out, we don't we, you don't need to try and find someone who could, who was doing the, the same, same thing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, until I he agree. until he. Has Benteke taking corners like he did with Harry Kane? <laughs> um, well, ironically, that might improve our fortunes. Yeah. <laughs> I think until he starts until he starts dancing on the touchline, Pardew's yeah. old. When that happens, I think you know you're, you're in trouble. That would that would be the most typical Palace thing ever. Benteke takes a corner and Luca powers it home yeah. from the edge of the eight-yard box. That would be typical Palace. But that is the thing, and it's interesting that the philosophy of most for every Palace fan that's probably prematurely angry. There is one that just goes, calm down, it's Palace. It's how, mm. it's how it yeah, works. We'll, we'll finish 14th, basically. But, you know, just we going, will, probably will. But... Just to go back to managers, you know, there is you know, there is that fear that every manager, especially the Premier League, is about six yeah. games away from big sacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think, you know, that's that's the nature of being a manager. Even Roy? Right? Yeah, Even Roy, right? I think so. so. There'll Look, be Chelsea if, fans. If, um, if, uh, if, if we lose against Man United and we lose against Colchester next week, yeah. And then we and then we lose against Villa. Then you know the the knives are going to be out. Yeah. But the knives will be out. And yeah. and you know I'm I, I hate to be a doomsayer, but rightly so. For all for all Chris Wilder's history with Sheffield United, for all that he gets the bus from his house in Sheffield to the ground, for Does all he? that he's yeah, for all that he's a a, a, a Sheffield United fan. <coughs> if they're six points adrift by Christmas, the fans will want him out. Yeah, they will. Simple yeah. as that. There will be Chelsea fans now. I guarantee you, who want Lampard out already. Because yeah. they've only got a point after two games. It's 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 you know like us with Steve Kemba, you know, oh probably the biggest hero we've ever had, mm. and it's like we have to get rid of him. Yeah. So yeah, there's, the the knives will always be out on hot stuff. Six games away from yeah. being sacked, I think it's about about right for the Premier League. Okay, cool. Well, nice part to Brilliant. end that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> after break, we're going to preview uh, Saturday's trip to Old Trafford. Welcome back to the Mopan Podcast. Hey! Part five is where we preview. Part five, wow. Uh, where we preview next game. It's away at Old Trafford. Um, at Dalzario. Hi, Hi Dalzario. Says Wilf versus Wambasaka on Saturday. Mm. Who comes out on top? Well, on current form, we'd have to say Wambasaka. But yeah. it's although interesting. It, he's um, it's interesting the debate about him and Maguire after Man United's first game with a lot of professionals. Uh, ex-defenders not being impressed with either of them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Really? And, and I thought, oh. the, the 
the criticism mainly of Wan Bissaka as well is that he's he does get caught, and even last night, quite a few times when he got caught, the ball going back over his head, and he's quick enough to recover. But you seem to notice it more in a Man United shirt than he did in a in a Palace shirt. But mm. you'd have to say on current form, I don't remember him getting beaten once in a Palace shirt. No, yeah, exactly. But it, but no, it's that ball going over his head, and it looked like some teams maybe even spotted that as a potential weakness so that indicates that we won't once try and play a ball over his head <laughs> on Saturday but in current form you'd have to but I mean that's going to be the story for the journalists it's yeah, going to be AWB yeah, yeah. versus Wilf. Well especially as, as coming up against Wilf in training was the reason that AWB <laughs> got into the Palace team Yeah and I, I think the result I mean our record at Old Trafford notwithstanding the nil nil draw our record at Old Trafford is pretty poor yeah. so I think most of us would be looking for a performance change rather than necessarily a a win. Yeah, you just want to see an attitude change. Do you, you think just we'll see, see any change, James? Performance, formation, personnel. Um, I'd like to think we see a change in the performance. I'd like, to, I'd like to think that there's somebody in that dressing room, as we're talking about earlier yeah. on, uh, is having a, a real pop every single day this week. So look, yeah. and they've and they're looking at Twitter and they're looking at Facebook and they're looking at social yeah. media and they go, you know what? Let's we we have to do something. Yeah. It's it, it's a game we're not expected to win. But it, so I think Kev's right. It's about the performance as much as anything. Formation else. change. I don't think there's going to be a formation change. We we half jokingly talked about maybe he'll play three at the back, but away I from home, I don't. He I think no, he it won't. Be he's solid he's again. so wedded to his some version of four four two. Even if, as Jesse says, he has to crowbar yeah. players into that four four two situation when they're not up for it. That you know, you'll sit, we we'll sit behind the ball, wait for as long as possible, and hopefully wait for something to happen. Hmm. I looked at the. Um, lineups the last three times we played Old Trafford because it's been really frustrating that United in one of their worst periods in living memory yeah. we've not been able to beat yeah. them we've beaten every other team in the top yeah. five or six and that's sort of rankles that we haven't managed to do that in the last six years So, but with the nearest we got was last year Old Trafford we got a nil-nil yeah. and so I looked at that and I th- if you look at the back four it was our strongest back four in recent times of Wambasaka Tompkins Sacco and Van Anholt so last year at Old Trafford, it looked like, all oh, right, we're moving on. Right? Mm, but, yeah, yeah. but if you look at the two games previous to that, 2017, 2016, who were our fullbacks on those? Ward, Ward definitely played. Ward and Van Anhol. And, right. and we're back there. Yeah. Back. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah, to me, is, it was just... That just says a lot. It yeah. just rang a big alarm bell. It, said, yeah. we're, it looked like getting a point on an Old Trafford clean sheet under, against Mourinho. Yeah. Um, was it was a huge yeah? It's like finally we're taking something off United. Yeah, we're going somewhere. And now, really twelve months later, we seem to have just gone back a step. And it's just really frustrating to see that. It is indeed. Okay. Well, unfortunately, lads, that's the end of the podcast. So oh, I was, really? I was I was we might end on a positive that. note, but well, tell mind. the players that. Yeah. yeah, we'll try and pass that on. Yeah. Thank you all for being here, and uh, thanks to Soho Radio for hosting us, and thanks for listening. The Pod Extra will be with you on Saturday night after the game, and then we'll be back next week. Uh, for the main pod. So, yeah, enjoy the weekend's football. (laughs) (laughs) We will. See how it goes. I will. We'll see you soon. Bye. (laughs) Sports Social Podcast Network.